Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Cadaver Lab. I'm Mike. And I am Sam. Dude, episode 50. The big quinsay. <laughs> hey, good job. Thank you. Taught everybody something today. Yeah. How to say 15 in Spanish. Well, I thought I'd teach somebody some shit instead of having to <laughs> learn it the hard way. Oh, speaking of learning it the hard way, we're we're going to get into something that uh, somebody taught Sam something this week, but we'll wait for that. Ooh, yeah. So what's been going on this week? I hurt my back playing some basketball. Felt like a, just a complete idiot. So Sam and I are playing basketball. We're really playing hard basketball, you know, posting up in the low post. We're, uh, you know, really pushing, shoving, whatever. And then we decide to play a nice, friendly game of pig or horse, but with three letters. Sam throws his back out. <laughs> I try and do these trick shots, and I threw a, a ball off the back wall to come over the top, and it worked once, and it went in, and I got somebody a letter. I did it again, and, man, I felt my back just go pink. Here's and, Sam. Uh, oh, fuzz, fuzz. <laughs> and I'm dropping these funny jokes, and I'm thinking they're funny. Sam's not laughing. I don't know why. I don't know why you I saw my li- I saw my life flash before my eyes because I was going to have to be laid up for the holidays, but... Oh, it ended up working out okay. I tried. I treated it well. Ice and heat, and ice and heat, and I'm good. How was your Thanksgiving? It was. It was good. Yeah. I got sick the day after throwing oh, up. Throwing up all day. Really? Yeah. But uh, other than that, it was good. I, I. That's the one time of year I get to go eat my grandma's stuffing. The food item that my grandma prepares for us called stuffing. I don't want anybody. <laughs> Thinking any weird, yeah, I was thinking some grandma stuff. stuffing stuff. But anyways, that's like my favorite food in the world, and finally, I get to eat it once a year. And I'm gonna be really sad when she dies. And I guess you, got, you know what, you got to make sure you get the recipe because I had a favorite grandma food. Uh-huh. It was my grandma's macaroni salad, uh-huh. and she used to make it, and I I loved it. <laughs> and then she died, and, and everybody's like, "Oh, I need to get this recipe before she died." And she's uh-huh. like, "Oh, it's so easy, you just do this, isn't this?" Never wrote it down. Uh-huh. Damn and it, it's lost. Damn it, write it down. Yeah, okay. That's good. That's a good idea. You know, you're not the first to tell me that actually right. either. So let's get into the show. We've got a, a few items of business to begin with. First of all, we got our very first donation. Woohoo! And it was from a guy named Chris. You see, he shot along a little message with it, and you know, he just told us how much he enjoyed the show, which we do appreciate. Put some cash into our pockets, which is gonna go towards paying uh hosting fees things like that for the next little while that's awesome so yeah we really appreciate that chris so keep listening and uh if you feel so inclined keep donating (laughs) yeah yeah we don't you know we don't want to be big babies about it but uh there is that big donate button on the site that's right nice work (laughs) yeah but no we appreciate it because uh yeah now we're now we're doing it uh we don't have to pay for what through i guess the end of this month we're good to go nice see it's going to good use we're not like taking it down and going to the strip club with it or things like that no if we got more we might no i'm just kidding well there's we're not going to promise we're not going to make any commitments of what we're going to do with the money (laughs) but first and foremost we we really just want to keep the show going let's you know let's be honest five-year plan is to buy a strip club so bring it on (laughs) (laughs) wow i was gonna go away i don't want to start off the show right now with a really dirty joke so we'll move on okay all right Let's see, I've got a big list of stuff here to talk about. Uh, first of all, I was uh, listening to the Midnight Horror Show, and uh, they were talking about a guy named Horror Junk 13 who uh, went and gave him a uh, review on iTunes. And uh, I looked, and he'd actually given us one. He gave us a glowing review. On the Midnight Horror Show, they were like, yeah, 
I guess I guess I, I went and read it, and he said something like, "Yeah, they're okay, no big deal." Which, by the way, I th- I love the Midnight Horror Show, even though I know Wolfman Lucas doesn't listen to other uh, podcasts because he's so scared of competition or something. <laughs> but, but Danny Trioxin is uh, they're they're both really interesting to listen to. You know, I I, I don't know why Lucas doesn't want to share the love, but he doesn't. I don't know why. But anyways, it's a great show. So what I they come they talked about it a little bit on their show, and I was listening to it last night. And uh, so last night when I got home, I started to look at some other popular horror podcasts and uh, to see if this guy or this girl had posted reviews anywhere else. And he had, and they were nasty. Like, there were a couple that were just downright mean. Really? And, uh, yeah. Dude, okay, you're out there. We really appreciate you listening, but you don't need to be a dildo. Uh, I'm, you know, I, the thing is, is there. I don't want to mention the show, but it's a show that everybody listens to. It's freaking way better than ours. But they just ripped him a new asshole. Really? Yeah, and they were mean, like mean personally, and all this other stuff. And you know, everyone's out here. We're we're not doing this to make money. You know, yeah. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. I mean, I I can understand giving it a you know giving it a lower view, being honest. You know that that's one thing. But being mean, that I don't know. What do you think? That piss, that kind of that kind of doesn't piss me off. And I know you're listening, and I'm already glad that you gave us a review because you can't give us another review to take the good review that you already gave to us back. But well, I you know I agree that you shouldn't be mean, but at the same time, you know people are entitled to their, to their opinions, dude. That right. But there's a difference between opinion and being so insultive insulting and degrading and all yeah. this other stuff. And I and I did not read it, so I don't know. Oh, and Danny Traxon thought it was you. Well, <laughs> and goes, that's no, the listen, other thing. This is why he did. He said first of all, well, they gave Cadaver Lab a really good review. And uh, second of all, his name is Horror Junk and he said Sam's always talking about his junk. So. <laughs> it, uh, but I, it was not me. I would not do that and it's it's just not me. Well, you know, we don't want to – horror junk, if you're out there, we don't want to lose you as a listener. We just, you know, we're all out here. It's hard enough to get together. It's not, I'm not saying it's hard and you should feel bad for it. I'm saying because we love doing it. But, it, you know, it's sometimes if you were to, you know, get screwed like that, it's just just like get big, get a big F you, you guys. Yeah. Anyway, that was kind of my – not. it wasn't a rant, but it was kind of a – I was going to – It bothered me. I was going to go off on a rant, but – my rant on mustaches just doesn't even compare to what you were well, let, do. Well, no, let, you have a problem with mustaches? <laughs> Dude, I have a serious problem with mustaches. I, <laughs> I've seen a couple of guys sporting mustaches lately. I'm just like, where the hell do those come from? And maybe it's even watching some of the old shows, too. I'm just like, those, uh-huh. those are so ugly. If you have facial hair that is not connected to another part of your body, and it's just your mustache under your nose. Dude, I have you, a goatee. Yeah, but that, that's what I'm not. I'm seeing a mustache. If okay. you have a mustache that is not connected to another facial hair part of your body, uh-huh. you are a dumbass. <laughs> well, to all those mustache-toting listeners out there, hopefully you're all male, number one. Shave num- it off. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just, just, Listen. Just move it around on your face, maybe. Is that what well, you're saying? no. I'd See, say- I, I personally don't have a problem with mustaches. My wife's dad, has. sometimes he's got it, sometimes he doesn't. Uh, when he does have it, he kind of looks like a Wild West guy. Yeah, I still stay. The only time you should wear a mustache is if it's on your junk. <laughs> and neatly trimmed. That's right. See, this is why Danny Traxon thought that it was you that was horror junk. Like I'm talking about <laughs> pube, com- pube Comments dues? like that, yeah. Pube dudes. Yeah, didn't you say ball fro once <laughs> yeah. on the show? Oh, yeah. Dude, 
<laughs> well, there I, you I go. I need That's to knock a... that off if other podcasts are, are noticing no, that I talk no. about no, that. Are you kidding me? We're, I mean, we appreciate that. I, I, I'm sure it was a, just a joke, funny thing, but you know what? If we we don't want to start limiting ourselves, we don't no. want to because you know, we're having too much fun. No, and and some people seem to like us. Yeah, no, right? yeah, it doesn't matter what we do. I think so. <laughs> we've been getting those dirty pictures. No, I'm just kidding. What? I haven't seen any. You know what? I've been getting a lot of dirty pictures. Have you really? Well, it's just been taking nudies of my wiener and then emailing them to myself. Really? No. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Got a screener copy of My Name Is Bruce. Awesome, it's, man. It was awesome. We're going to have to do a show on that. It okay. was, uh, want to let everybody know that if you get a chance to see it, see it. But we're going to do a show on that. Okay. I'll tell you what, the Six Degrees of Bruce Campbell will be easy in that one. Pretty, yep, that will. You know, we should, good. we should try to do it not starting with Bruce and only ending with Bruce. Now, wait, say that again. Instead of doing the Six Degrees with Zero Degrees because he's in it, we'll start with someone else and then move out. You know, in the, Oh, I see. Okay. And then come back to him. Exactly. I like it. All right. One other thing, I got my prize pack from Dread Media, uh, Desmond Reddick. Those guys don't mess around. No, it, it's, he sent me this awesome, awesome stuff. Two comic books, a book, a CD, and he's, uh, he actually is a writer for a, uh, his own comic book. And he, I guess he, I think he puts it out with his, I, I assume it's his buddy or whatever. But just wanted to say, if you're listening, we, I appreciate it. It's awesome. Yeah, everybody listening to Dread Media, he's a lot smarter about this kind of stuff than I am. So. And speaking of prizes, I send, sent out uh, Florida Possum's triple pack of the Cadaver Lab prize discs. Because she got three of them? She got three of them. Man, and she's quick. She's quick. She's on it. She knows her stuff. And in fact, the death scene today, she provided. Awesome. Yes. So there you go. And uh, So I guess she can't win it. Yeah. You're out of the running, Flopo. Sorry. Appreciate it. like it. Uh, I want to thank everybody for the reviews they've been sending in. Uh, for the site, we made a cup, made it a little bit easier for us to put stuff up there. So everybody sends stuff in. We, if you want to put together a quiz, you know, test everybody's horror smarts or whatever, you can do that too. We, I, I, I kind of took the weekend of uh, Thanksgiving. I took five five day weekend. God, it was long. It was awesome. But uh, I worked on the site a little bit, and uh, so yeah, we should have a lot more stuff going on up there. Check back, you know, see what everybody's sending in reviews things like that so anyway that looked like a long list <laughs> yeah i'm done that's awesome that was it so now that we're done with the list let's do a little bit of feedback we actually got i got we actually got a lot of emails this week mm-hmm. um there's one in particular i want to read because it is so damn funny it's from the same guy who um sent it it was from steven from jfmp oh yeah and uh yeah. jfmp.com he uh he <laughs> I, I told him, I'm like, man, I'm going to read. He, he sent me the email. I said, I'm going to read this on the air. He said, leave out the first line because I don't want to start another conversation about dried ejaculate. <laughs> so so I, I'll leave that first one out. But uh, anyway, this was, a, this was a really good email, and I, so I'm going to read it real quick. I'm glad you finally got around to checking out Toxic Avenger and you both enjoyed it. We've talked enough about trauma that you know where I stand, and i I've been emailing him back and forth about trauma films. Uh, But it's always interesting to hear someone else's reaction to their first exposure, especially when it's positive. So now I can't wait for you to get into Tromeo and Juliet, Class of Dukem High, and Poultrygeist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Uh, I love the little digression that you went into regarding perspective. Uh, Though there aren't that many years between us, I was watching these movies as they came out. Night of the Demons went straight from the distributor to the local video store and straight into my VCR on the same day. 
And this is a near perfect example of what a horror movie was in the late 80s. You know, and that's what we were talking about where you know all these movies are coming out it's the same type of thing. So anyway, anyway, if you were into horror then this was the type of movie you got. Occasionally there was a big budget release or there was the latest entries and, latest entry into the Halloween Elm Street or Friday the 13th. But for the most part we relied on these cheesy releases from places like Troma and Full Moon for our horror fix. This was the definition of a horror movie. Just like the Universal Monsters defined horror in the 30s and 40s, and Radioactive Monsters and Aliens defined genre movies of the 50s. Today, if you get a horror movie, odds are that it's either torture or a J-horror remake. And uh, he goes on, So, that being said, I think that dynamic, that dynamic is one of the things I enjoy about your show. Our perspectives are so different on things. I talk about Toxic Avenger almost as a historical piece, whereas you get to discuss it as a contemporary discovery. I think this is one of the greatest things about this little podcasting hobby of ours. But anyway, enough of that he- weighty shit. Night of the Demons is one of my all-time favorites, and the lipstick and the boob thing blew my mind. I also <laughs> rewinded that scene about. I also re- rewinded that scene about fifty times. Interesting bit of a pretty well-known trivia: Steve Johnson, the FX guy on Night of the Demons, and Linnea Quigley fell in love and got married. I guess it only makes sense since he got to play with her boobs right off the bat. <laughs> I've tried, <laughs> I've tried shoving tubes of lips, lipstick into the breast of my various female companions over the years since, and have yet to either succeed at it, nor make a love connection for trying. As a matter of fact, it's ended more relationships than it began in my case. <laughs> Anyways, Biko, everybody needs to go listen to Stephen at the JFMP. I just got done listening to his show on Tom Savini. It sounds like he actually did a lot of research and prepared a lot for the show, unlike us, where we throw it together right before we get going. <laughs> But I thought that was a pretty good email. You know, the thing is, is I, I think he's a few years older than us, but I, I didn't really start watching horror movies uh, until I was a little bit older than I think most people. A lot of people talk about how they started at 12 or something like that. And I started watching a few, like the older ones at 12, but I didn't get into like the rated R stuff until I was 16. You know, it's it's funny that you say that because I've I've always said all the way along, yeah, you know, I'd watched them here and there and <clears throat> really didn't get into it until we started doing the podcast. But I was talking to my mom over Thanksgiving, and we were talking about things that we used to do when we were little. Uh-huh. And when I was about six, it's probably six to ten or whatever, there was a show on TV called um, Thriller Theater. Right. And I used to watch that every Saturday. When she said it, I had forgotten that I used to watch Vincent Price and some of these really old right. horror movies oh, cool. that were really scary. And that was my favorite show. She said that I used to go around telling people and they'd say, what's your favorite TV show? I would say Thriller Theater. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I, I, I guess I've had this uh, latent uh, uh, horror movie And then you, try, you tried to push it down. You tried to push it back. But I no, it came out. But now it's back with a vengeance, so... I'm, I'm not as big of a dumbass as I maybe had thought. <laughs> well, sweet. I find that hard to believe still, but anyway. <laughs> so we also got an email from uh, a guy named Pete, at, and uh, he represents the band, a British band called Anti-Cool. Uh, you know, we actually, to be honest with everybody, we get quite a few requests for, oh, check this book out, or you know, do this, whatever. And you know, we do a lot. Uh, I try to really talk about ones on the show only the ones I like, you know, because I, I mean, not that, not that we're such big, great, awesome guys, because we're not. We're just a couple of dumbasses sitting behind microphones, having an excuse to continue our bromance. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mind helping people out or running a promo or, uh, you know, playing a song for them, but I, I still don't want to 
do ones that I don't like. It's it's got to be good. Where to a point, you know, you're spending all this time getting the, the site ready and, uh-huh. and doing things like that. That that literally, these, I mean, they have to be good, or else we're not going to waste people's time. The thing is, I think a lot of stuff that we do, especially with the music that we play, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if everybody else really likes it. If anybody else really likes it, we haven't you know? heard nobody said, "Oh, I hate that." Well, you know, there've been a couple of people that have said, "Oh, this was a great tune. Oh, I love the metal you play." Stuff like that. But I know that there's some people on the forums that don't even like metal. Yeah. So maybe today we've got something for you. Anyways, a band. Uh, I have a song by a band named Anti-Cool, spelled A-N-T-I-Q-C-O-O-L. British band. This is a little more chilled than what we're used to. But I listened to it. I thought it was good. I had Sam listen to it. And uh, he definitely thought it was worthy of this show. <laughs> That's not saying much. <laughs> but anyways, we appreciate it. Uh, Pete getting in touch with us, and we're going to go ahead and play it. And also, just just to show, throw out the website right now, it is www.anticool.co.uk. Just had to pull the pen. 
So there you go. You stretching out that back? I am a little <laughs> sore. And for all of you people that think that we just got off the elevator after that song, screw you! Because I actually like that song. You know, I like that a lot. Compared to a lot of our other metal that we play, that's really chill out. In fact, uh, I feel ready to go. I well, like- I think it's, but it's a good chill. I think yeah, it's, I a like ca- it. it's a catchy tune, like well it. done. So th- thanks for that. Never, it is, it is different. Ever heard of the Stone Roses? No, I've not. Oh, these guys kind of sound like the Stone Roses a little bit, too. Oh, yeah? Another British band. I'm going to have to check that out, then. Yeah, they're good. I got it on uh, Rock Band. Oh, cool. Paid 160 Microsoft bucks for it. Awesome. Well, uh, you know what we forgot to do is voicemails. Let's do a voicemail. Let's do them right now. All right. Hey, Cadaver Lab. This is uh, Stone Man. Sam, I want to apologize for calling you Fozzie and for uh, being a dick to you because you didn't know who... uh, uh, you know, Pinhead was Doug Bradley. I uh, I hadn't listened to all your uh, your episodes of the podcast, and I went back and listened to them, and I didn't realize you're uh, such a noob. So uh, I'm glad you're uh, enjoying horror, and uh, you have a good sense of humor. <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot, guys, for that uh, public domain episode. I've always wanted to watch Deep Red, and now I'm going to probably download it from your website and watch it or something like that. So you guys are doing a great job. Really awesome. Can't wait to hear your uh, episodes in the future. You guys uh, keep it real. See you later. Stone Man signing off. I think uh, Stone Man almost forgot Doug Bradley's name on that. <laughs> <laughs> now, thanks for the apology, but uh, I i mean, thats uh, i just think that stuff's hilarious anyway. So <laughs> yeah. I had another one of those last week, and I'm sure we're going to get to it there. Oh, yeah. What's a 420? You know, the funny thing is, is that that uh, voicemail was an apology. Well, the next one, you know what? I've, I've heard this one, <laughs> and it is she basically said, you're a big dumbass in the nicest possible way. So uh, let's just get into that. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say uh, how Stone Man there say, yo, Stone Man signing off. That was cool. We need to maybe change the work something in like that. Yo, Bonesaw signing off, bitches. <laughs> oh, yeah, my old nickname used to be Bonesaw, but then uh, freaking Spider-Man 1 came out, and uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage was named Bonesaw on that, so I kind of got screwed. Everybody was... Everybody thought that that was I ripped it off from him. You know what? Screw I, you, Macho Man. I have oh, to. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You got three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have to admit something too. I stole something. I plagiarized some an idea of yours. What? Well, I thought it was so cool when we used to play Halo that you actually had a guy named I'm a Pansy. Uh huh. Because that means that when you got killed by that guy, someone would say, well, who'd you get killed by? And you'd have to say, I'm a pansy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I started using that, so that was my screen name for uh, for my Xbox. Oh, uh, so all right. That cool. Well, that's okay. Uh, I got Bonesaw off of a Six Feet Under song name somehow. So I'd rather be known for the guy who ripped off his nickname from Six Feet Under and not the Macho Man. At least it's not the Nature Boy. Woo! Let's get into the next email. Voicemail. <laughs> Oh, my God, Sam. I cannot believe you don't know 420. This is Florida Possum from Florida, but living in Canada outside of Vancouver, where, by the way, 420 is very popular here. Um, And on April 20, 
every year. A bunch of people stand outside the Vancouver courthouse and throw out joints and blunts and cookies um, to get high. But in case that's not clear, I did pull up Wikipedia for you, and I'll read it to you as long as the voicemail of death holds out. 420, or 4 slash 20, pronounced 420, is a term used in North America to refer to the consumption of cannabis and, by extension, a way to identify oneself with the drug subculture around cannabis. Although there are many explanations for the origin of the term, one stems from a story about a group of teenagers at San Rafael High School in San Rafael, California in 1971. The teens would meet after school at 4.20 p.m. to smoke marijuana at the Louis Pasteur statue. The term became part of the group's salute, 4.20 Louis, and became popularized in the late 1980s by fans of the Grateful Dead. You have heard of them, I hope. By extension, April 20, 420 in U.S. date notation, has evolved into a counterculture holiday where people gather to celebrate and consume cannabis. In some locations, the celebration coincides with Earth Week. In Dunedin, New Zealand, students at the University of Otago and other cannabis law reform activists meet under the walnut tree on the Otago University Union Lawn on Wednesdays and Fridays at 4.20 to openly smoke cannabis in public in what they consider an act of protest. Now, I'm no spring chicken, and I knew what this is. Shame, shame on you, Sam. All right. I uh, thank you. Florida Possum for straightening me out on that. I really appreciate that. But the bigger question is, what the hell is cannabis? <laughs> it's uh, it's actually a little known uh, disease where one is driven to eat human flesh. Is that right? No. <laughs> <It's> stupid. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean you're stupid, but holy crap. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, the thing is, is we just, we hear, we hear the Canaveral Lab podcast. We don't get behind anything that's illegal or, you know, in any way. So we, we are just such such uh, sheltered boys. That's right. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> no, but thank you for that. So now now I know. That was very nice. That was very clinical. It, she, was, it was clinical. She wasn't judgmental. She, you know, she not gave judgmental. You a, she gave you a couple of uh, shame on you. No, and I just you, felt like she was probably five feet above me talking down at me. But other than that, <laughs> no condescension. All right, no condescension. No, she, none taken. She just wanted you. She wanted to teach you, and I appreciate the lesson. We have one more voicemail, and we're gonna hurry into it so I don't have to explain what Sam was just talking about. What up, fellas? It's Jamin from the Obscure Eighties Podcast. Here, just calling to touch base with your so bad they're good episode um i should start things off by saying i am not a trauma fan i have never been a trauma fan trauma is one of those love hate things you either love them or you hate them and me unfortunately i fall in the hate category i understand that a lot of people do love trauma and i respect that but i just i love b movies but not i just can't get into them maybe not my sense of humor you know um, head of the family, I too bought the Full Moon Archive uh, box DVD set, which was really, really cool. I've been a Full Moon fan since they got started back in the day with the Puppet Master series. I also own the Puppet Master box set. Um, I like to say I've seen every Full Moon movie when they were actually Full Moon. I know they've done some additional stuff as of late, but 
uh, back in these actual full moon days. Um, I haven't gotten around to watching Head of the Family again, though. I saw it when it first came out. I remember enjoying parts of it and being kind of weirded out by it, so I'm kind of looking forward to sticking that one in again. Just knocked out those trancers. Uh, I got Dr. Mordred lined up, Demonic Toys. Those are some of my favorites, so I'm glad they're in there. Um, but, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, hearing your review of it again. Just just kind of brought back, you know, all that nostalgia, and I'm like, yeah, i got to watch that again, man. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I did want to say, you know, I'm a big podcast listener. I have the luxury of listening to podcasts at work. At work. So um, I'm always looking for good casts to fill up my time. And I'm very happy that you guys came along because, you know, you guys really add to that. And you, you've, you've quickly become one of my favorite casts. So you guys keep it up, man. We, we really enjoy it. Um, you got a couple fans over here at the Obscure 80s. Uh, but thanks a lot, guys, because um, I do want to kind of get a couple negatives here. Um, thank you for making me fearful of toilet seats, which was something I never really had a problem with, but now I'm afraid every time I sit down on the toilet. Um, and uh, thanks for filling my head up with uh, all those images, or uh, not images so much. I try not to pick, well, okay, I'm a dude, I picture it. Um, with all those female masturbation terms. Now, I realize you guys didn't uh, start that, but, uh, yeah, we had a pretty good laugh over those. And uh, should you guys ever actually start selling the bracelets, you let us know, because uh, both myself and Stewie D over at the Obscure 80s might be interested in buying one. All right, guys, you keep it up, and, of course, we will keep listening. Peace out, yo. Stay awesome. That is some good stuff right yeah. there. So we really appreciate that. Hey, oh, by the way, with the bracelets, I, the, the company that I ordered them from sent me an email and said they are no longer doing it, and they refunded my money. So we got to choose another so one. So I've got to find another one that's competitive like that, and I've got to get them. But they are on their way, so I'm glad that there's some interest there. We want to get those up there so people can donate to that very serious cause. I didn't want to cause <laughs> alarm and make give people nightmares, but it's something you need to be aware of. You could seriously rupture blow up destroy smash a testicle if you are not paying attention that is scary that is something and even if it's not that bad you could get a purple tip or swell it up because i'll tell you what if you've ever had the tip or an indentation if you've ever had the tip of your package smash before it feels like somebody took a match and just lit it right underneath it, and it's on fire. And it feels huge, like when you get out of the dentist's office and they've inserted the stuff in your what? lip. Oh, <laughs> when you go to the dentist's office and you come out and you got this huge penis head. Don't they? Wait, when you go to the dentist's right. office, don't they, don't they have to give your yeah, your unit gas? I don't know. I get laughing gas on that thing. <laughs> we All also right. haven't got these guys our promo yet. We just have to finish that. Yeah, I gosh, think we recorded that like several weeks ago. You no, know, they volunteered to play it. Okay, we're gonna we are getting that done tonight who before i leave who you me yeah man you've just all you have to do is at the very end say oh right right you could have that podcast that's it <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna cut that up well that is great and uh it's we appreciate the, the call that was that was very complimentary and just for you clit tweedle and going to disneyland by the way visit obscure 80s their podcast is so damn funny for it's four dudes who i would like to hang out with yeah I'd probably be the big jerk, though. They're they're a lot nicer than... I, I wonder if we ever run into these guys. 
We're gonna we, we're no. gonna see him in uh, well, March. I know, but that's what thing. I'm saying. What I was gonna say is, I wonder if when we run into him, we're gonna be a little starstruck, a little shy. You know how you got with Bruce Campbell and you didn't want to ask him a question? Oh my gosh, yes. I, I wonder if it, I, you know, because I'm, I'm a little shy when I get around Stewie D stars. You know, Jay Emmett. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I'm the biggest fan. Yeah. I wonder if I wonder if uh, James over at the uh, at, over at uh, Dried Blood, uh, Dried Blood. I wonder if he'll sign my breast. You know what? He hasn't put out an episode in a while. Really? I sent him an email to see if he's all right. Oh, he still dominates. He's just yeah. he's probably just busy. Yeah, that's all right. Just if anybody knows where he's at, let us know. I sent him an email. He yep. hasn't gotten back to me. Anyway, so it's about time that we got into our show. Let's freaking do it. And before we do that, you know how we played the anti-cool song and it was pod safe and uh, so it was okay. Yeah. We're not going to run into any problems there. Well, we're going to play a metal song here where all of those problems could uh, nice. blow up in our face. So yeah. here you go and we'll be right back with our Johnny Depp show. <laughs> now, that, that sounded professional. <laughs>
right. So we are back. Uh, here to talk about Johnny Depp. Now, wh- now, why did we decide to do Johnny Depp movies again? Because he's the most handsomest man in the world. That's really why? No. Oh. The reason why is because, you know, we've been watching a lot of low-budget, kind of, you know, cheesy, campy flicks. And I, I was kind of in the mood for, uh, you know, a movie that was polished, that had great acting, that uh, seemed like a lot of money was thrown at it, and... Two of my very favorite movies are Sleepy Hollow and uh, The Ninth Gate. And I figured, yeah, let's do both of those. How can we put those together? Johnny Depp. And so that's kind of where, where it came from. We all, we're also doing From Hell today. But, uh, you know, just kind of in the mood. Sometimes you're in the mood for a piece of shit, and sometimes you're in the mood for a delicious steak. Well, and, and I appreciate that you don't even listen to my suggestions <laughs> about what we should do for Johnny Depp, because I suggested... That we do. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Hi, Gilbert. Mama's sleeping. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. <laughs> That's so offensive. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so offensive. Oh, wow. But the other thing we were th- thinking about doing was Sweeney Todd. Right. Which, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that anyway. Well, here's the deal. Sweeney Todd is visually stunning. The, the acting is great. It looks great. Um, but the music was forgettable. And boring. Yeah, that that's yeah. That's, There's a lot of great exactly gore. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of great blood. You know, acting was good. Suspense was good. Uh, I liked a lot of the characters in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the music. If the music were better, I would have really liked it. Or if there, yeah. if it was just a straight up film. Yep. No, I, agree. I think you would have liked it. All right. So let's go ahead and start with Sleepy Hollow. She came to me for advice as town magistrate to protect the rights of her child. I was bound by my oath of office to keep the secret. But you believe the father killed her. The horseman killed her. How often do I have to tell you there is no horseman? There never was a horseman. There never will be a horseman. What is that? Fear. My talisman, it protects me from the horseman. You, a magistrate, and your head full of such nonsense. Now tell me the name of... Horseman. You must not excite yourself. But it was a headless horseman. Of course it was. That's why you were here. No, no, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one. Headless. I know, I know. You don't know because you were not there. It's all true. Well, of course it is. I told you. Everyone told you. I saw him. I 
suppose it's back to the city then. Came out in 1999, uh, directed by Tim Burton. Uh, it was written by Washington Irving, who did the original story, uh, and Kevin Yeager, who did the screenplay. Uh, the IMDb gave it a 7.5. The budget was $80 million. So, yeah, there was some money that's, thrown that's at this That's a one. lot. And uh, the gross, it made uh, $206 million. So oh, geez. definite great return on the investment there. This movie was really good. I mean, it seemed like, let me just say, my, a couple of my kids' favorite movies are Corpse Bride and, of course, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, and Tim Burton did those. He put in a lot of great visuals, you know, a lot of ambiance. Uh, well, Jack Skellington or whatever. He was even in there. Yeah, it was, it was this, uh, he was in Scare. He was one of the Scarecrows at the yeah, beginning. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this just kind of seemed like a grown-up version of one of those. I mean, it was funny. There was uh, a lot of good stuff. But the visuals were there, and I'm really – that's probably why it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. Anyway, uh, the cast. Johnny Depp played Ichabod Crane. Christina Ricci played Katrina Van Tassel. Miranda Richardson played Lady Van Tassel. Michael Gambone played Baltus Van Tassel. Jeffrey Jones played the Reverend Steenwick. Christopher Walken played the Hessian Horseman. And uh, Christopher Lee was the Burgermeister. And uh, he only had a small part, but I figure, you know, he's a legend. Yeah, you got to put him in there. Give so, him credit. Exactly. He, had a, he, he was actually had a really pivotal role. He sent Ichabod to Sleepy Hollow. That's right. The movie would not have happened without that guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Synopsis, in the early United States of America, young policeman Ichabod Crane is sent from New York to the fledgling settlement of Sleepy Hollow to investigate a series of ghoulish murders. On his arrival, the town council informs him that three victims were killed in open ground and the heads have disappeared, taken by a headless ghost that is supposedly responsible. Ichabod is unconvinced of this, but learns more about the ghostly horseman. It is the ghost of a Hessian sent by a British during the Revolutionary War, and he was caught by redcoats and decapitated with his own sword. <clears throat> Excuse me, own sword. When Ichabod sees the ghost kill one of his town, one of the town council members, his skepticism evaporates, and he soon discovers that the horseman's ghost has an unholy connection to Baltus Van Tassel, who is a wealthy farmer, who has a wonderfully beautiful daughter, Katrina Van Tassel, who Ichabod Crane eventually falls in love with. She could van my tassel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what'd you think? Um, I, I agree that it was visually stunning. I liked the uh, the actors in this. You know, one thing that I noticed that just like right off, they had all the the old guys in a room when right. they when they started, and and I recognized a lot of them. Uh-huh. And so I, I know I want to reprise where I kind of saw these guys okay. before. So you've got uh, the Emperor from Star Wars, right? Ian exactly. McDermott, Ian McDermott. Yep, yep. And then you've got uh, um, Uncle Vernon and Dumbledore from Harry Potter, the new Dumbledore, Mike Gambone. Uh-huh. Oh, he is. He's the new Dumbledore. I don't know. And then Uncle Vernon is the big fat guy. The uh, I think uh, I can't remember. His oh, name oh, 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 the uh, yeah, okay. The, so, so you got both of those guys, and then you've got the principal from uh, Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller's Day yeah, Off, which is which is dominates. awesome. Do you know that there were actually three Siths in this movie? What? Yeah, because Ian McDiarmid played Darth Sidious. Yeah. Of course, uh, what's his name? Count Doku. Christopher Lee played oh, yeah. Count Doku, and I can't remember his name. But uh, Darth Maul was in this. Are you kidding me? No, I, what? I can't. I, I can't remember his name. But I just actually read. What, the, what was his part in the movie? I don't know. We're gonna have to pause. Yeah, it we are that. because I am a huge Star Wars fan, and I want to know this because that's awesome. Be right back. All right. So Darth Maul's name is Ray Park, and he actually did the fighting uh, Hessian headless horseman. 
Really? Yeah, so there you go. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, three of them. That is cool. In one place. How dark. That is scary. <laughs> well, I, I thought it started well. And, and the great thing about when you get movies like this that are made about, well, I don't want to say nursery rhymes, but kind of old stories and tales, uh-huh. is, is usually you can get the real story. Right. So, exactly. you know, I didn't know all of this was going on, and it makes me wonder if Washington Irving's story really goes into a lot of how this goes. Yeah, you know, I was actually reading some of the trivia, and Ichabod Crane is a real person, mm-hmm. and so is one of the, I think it was Baltus Van Tassel, is actually, they found him in the genealogy of, mm. of the town and whatnot. Actually, my tax guy is from Sleepy Hollow, New York. Is that right? That's why I chose him. Nice. No, not really. He's, uh, actually, somebody told me that he's the uh, the living legend. That was enough to convince me to send my taxes <laughs> there every year <laughs> to have him do <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty cool. That this has got to be one of my favorite shows, uh, favorite movies in the world. Oh yeah, we got yelled at for saying the word shows. Oh, Some, really? somebody sent us an email because his his grandma said shows. Well, you got a great grandma. Yeah, yeah. great mind sink a light. Exactly, sucker. <laughs> so. Anyway, so uh, I really like the character of Ichabod Crane. He was kind of a pansy. He's uptight. Yeah, he's uptight. He's he, you know he's fainted like six or seven yeah. times during the show. Uh, you know, he's all about logic and improving scientifically. And he just would not believe the headless, that the headless horseman existed. Mm-hmm. When I first saw this, I almost thought it was kind of a strange role for kind of a, you know, cause Johnny Depp's known as this womanizer or whatever. Cause just because it's almost out of character to be just this really wuss type of guy. Mm-hmm. But I think he did a really good job of it. You know, he was definitely convincing. Just as a quick example of uh, one time when he got uh, really scared, they're in his. Uh, he actually goes to the town of Sleepy Hollow, and the Van Tassels put him up. And so he's got a guest room in the Van Tassel house. He and a sidekick of his are talking about the case and whatnot. Ichabod sees a spider on the floor, like a big ass spider, yeah. though. So, I mean, so he jumps on a chair and just starts freaking out. And uh, he looks down and he tells this kid, he goes, Ooh, a spider! Kill it! No, stun it, <laughs> which is great. But I mean, that's kind of a, it's just kind of a, you know, the type of guy he was. Well, that's, I think that's what makes Johnny Depp such a good actor. Yeah. And we can make fun of him all day long yeah. and blah, 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 Captain Jack Sparrow. But at the end of the, in the end of the day, he really does a good job and, and embraces the characters that he represents and they're believable. And, may, and maybe we should save this till we've talked about all three films, but all three of these films, he plays a different character, yeah. like a real yeah. Full-on different character. Well, and I've heard he's a weird cat. I think he lives in France. Oh, yeah. He's kind of disavowed himself in the United States or something, and he lives in France. And he's got a family and everything. I mean, uh-huh. he's, he's always out of the limelight and stuff, but he's kind of a, an odd duck Have you bit. seen interviews with him? It's almost awkward. It is. I've and seen him on Letterman or something. I can't remember what it was. He was doing – he was he was on some kind of a – uh, a, he was sitting there, and, and like this group of you know maybe teenagers or college age kids were asking him questions, and it, I was watching. I was like, "Wow, this is very uncomfortable mm-hmm. for me to watch." Mm-hmm. You're, I, I, to me, he seemed like kind of a strange guy, but I'll tell you what: when he came in here, he con- completely convinced me well, he that really, he was this guy, and he really, you know, he really got his teeth done for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Put gold on his teeth. Oh, he did. Yeah, had to get it. To, I mean, he he goes. All out, and I think you can start seeing this because this was kind of an earlier film for him, right? Nineteen ninety nine. He'd been in some, but do you know what his first 
movie role was? Wasn't it Crybaby or something like that? No, it was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He gets wasted in a really cool way. Yeah, that's Spoiler, right. by oh, the way, if I just spoiled it. that for anybody, <laughs> you need to go watch everything right now. Like I said, I think the, you have the legend there that really sets the stage for a good movie. And then they followed through, threw the money at it that they that they wanted yeah. to. And, and they got the reception, obviously. I mean, it made th- almost three times what they spent on it. So, Well, in this, like you were saying, the story is just great. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've everybody's seen that... Uh, the Disney version yeah. of uh, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I'm not sure exactly what the title is of that one. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes in there, and he's a school teacher, and he, you know, is scared of, uh, he's just, a, he's a real weird-looking scared guy, kind of like, I guess, Johnny Depp was in this. But, I mean, it, it didn't go into any of the, like, the reason why the Hessian came. And that was one of the greatest, or the, the Headless Horseman. But that was one of the greatest things about this, about this film is that uh, the story was great? Yeah, I mean, there it was a it was a murder mystery. It just happened to be a supernatural mm-hmm. entity that uh, was doing all the killing. But you know, I don't I don't want to give anything away. I I'm going to go ahead and and assume that most people have seen this. But for anybody out there who hasn't seen this, uh, I I say go out right now and go see it. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. You know, and and one thing that I do want to say. You know, there are a couple of things I noticed in the movie, mm-hmm. like when uh, when the 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 old when the lady's getting plowed by the uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the, when the lady, principal when Lady Van Tassel when she's getting plowed by the the principal Ferris, Ferris Bueller. Bueller. I thought when he turned his head, for sure we were going to hear boot down wow. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, didn't happen. No. So I was waiting for it, but it, it did not happen. Let's let's talk about the story a little bit. Basically, well, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of complex. There's a conspiracy to hide a very dangerous secret, mm-hmm. and uh, the wrong people find out about it, and they want to take their revenge because uh, there's a lot of money involved and a lot of power involved. So. I don't. I don't. I really don't want to no, ruin this. No, I don't think we ought to go into any more about what that is. But just it's. I mean, it keeps you. It keeps you guessing throughout the whole thing, and uh, it, it it follows. It gives you clues, but not uh, not a whole bunch of them. And I think right. that's the theme of of all of these movies that we're going to talk about. So well, and we talk about how great of a job Johnny Depp did. I don't think there was anybody in this that, that did a poor job. Well, and I think Christina Ricci. This is this was her. If I remember correctly, because I I bought this movie when it came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. This was kind of her breakout role from being a kid. Was it? Like, this This is one where, like, oh, she's a young woman. And you could tell. I mean, obviously, I love when, when those ladies wear bodices and, like, <laughs> the, the really tight stuff. So, right. really shoves them up. I mean, I, I to me, everybody should wear those. You know, when I was Even a, me. But. <laughs> <laughs> no. When I was a kid, I was in love with Wednesday Adams. I'll admit oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, in fact, I can still picture her. In the Adams family too, where she got sent off to the summer camp, mm-hmm. and she's dressed up like that uh, Native American. Yep, I know, I know. So I think she's cute. Of course, now I think back to that, and it, I'm a old pervert. No, because I've gotten older, and yet that image hasn't. Uh, well, and Johnny Rico was in this. Did you see him there? Yes, I did. He got uh, a fantastic death. Which Casper I Van Dien. Yes, he did. He had the a uh, little bit of trivia. Yeah, uh, he is the only person. In that movie, uh, who died, that didn't die by getting his head cut off. Ah, oh, cool, man. You know, and the thing is, is there were, I, I guess, I, I didn't verify, I didn't read that anywhere, I just noticed how great of a death it was. That, that's one thing that we need to talk about in this show. 
How many ways can you sever a head from a neck and make it awesome? Yeah. There's one guy who the the horseman gallops up right next to him and swats his head off and his head spins as if it were on like an axis or, or some kind of thing and then rolls yep. down, down the thing. Oh, that was a great one. And there was one that ended up basically giving Johnny Depp fellatio. Same one. Oh, that's, that's the same, same one. one. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, he, one guy gets dragged in between a couple of fence posts and then just whacked off that way. Oh, there, that was great. Well, I can't remember the guy's name who was in the very first scene who was driving down. And he sticks his head out, and then he just gets taken off oh, right yeah. there. That was a great one, too. Uh, God, there, there were just a lot of great deaths. No, that was good. It was good. And then the bodies after they'd been severed. I mean, it looked real. Yeah. So. Uh, it looked real, except for they were all cut with the devil's fire. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway. So uh, I give this movie a bone saw straight out. I give this a bone saw. No. This definitely is a bone saw. Um, I've got a couple. I've got a six degrees, and what did I learn? It's here. So six degrees. Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm probably saying that wrong, but anyways, mm-hmm. he was in Return of the Jedi with Warwick Davis, who Hello. actually he played. Uh, he actually he, well, yeah, he played all that, but he was uh, Wicket. He was the right. Wicket in there, and he was in Willow with Val Kilmer. Yep, who was in uh, which I just bought by the way. Willow, Willow. it's on it's on order right now. Oh, who was in Tombstone with Bill Paxton? Yep. Game over, man. <laughs> who was in Apollo 13 with Joseph Culpo? I don't even know who that is. Who was in? He wrote Assault a really on Dome 4, which was a TV special with Bruce Campbell. Assault on Dome <laughs> Assault, 4. Assault on Dome 4. Nice. I decided to get I'm, – I'm, I did TV stuff today. No, that's okay. So. That's cool. And then what did I learn from this? Uh, I remember why I like bodices. I <laughs> right, okay. About that. Yeah. Bat blood turns your tongue to a giant wiener. <laughs> when the witches has has a spell there yeah and uh trees have vaginas and they want horsemen to enter oh that is gross that is completely gross you know by the way one other scene that i like they find this tree where the horseman's been keeping all these heads it's just the sound is so gross because it's just like i don't want to make the sound because it would be totally gross but uh there's a scene where it just focuses on real quick there's a quick cut to it and all of a sudden all these heads come pushed out of the yeah. tree and they're all squishing together but uh, when that but, but when the horseman is ready to, to enter in oh yeah i'm telling you that tree wanted that it tree spread that its tree spread its legs for wanted him. it bad Sick. so anyway <laughs> no that's great so uh yeah let's go into our second flick which is from hell from 2001 my gentleman he's quiet there he doesn't like disturbances yeah what i want to know Right. He's a tough like him. How much is he offering? Yeah, too far. That'll do me. Let me see you. Down here. Yeah, straight there. Straight down to the door here. everywhere 
It's in all the papers. I'm just a simple chap, sir. I'm not a great man like you. I just don't know where I am at anymore. Directed by Albert Hughes and Alan Hughes, better known as the Hughes Brothers. Uh, written by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. Um, they actually, uh, Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell actually write, uh, wrote a graphic novel. And this is what they took the movie from. Now, I don't know what the difference is between a graphic novel and a comic book. I don't know. Maybe somebody should set us straight. You know, I'm not. I, just, I think there's I an know. end to it. I don't know. I'm going to take a shot. People can call me dumbass again. <laughs> uh, the IMDb gave this movie a 6.8, and the budget was $35 million. I couldn't figure out how much it made. Uh, anyway, the cast is Johnny Depp, who played Inspector Abilene, Heather Graham, who played Mary Kelly, Ian Holm, or uh, Bilbo Baggins, yes. played Sir William Gull, and Robbie Coltrane played Sergeant Peter Godley. He was in, uh, Harry, he's in Harry Potter. He is? Mm-hmm. He's Hagrid in Harry Potter. Oh, Okay, I don't know who that. I is. I love Harry Potter, yeah. so <laughs> okay. yeah, I I you go ahead and make fun of me. I'm but. not gonna make fun of you. I've never seen them to know how bad they suck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it, it is 1988 in London, and the unfortunate poorer lead horrifying lives in the city's deadliest slum, Whitechapel. Harassed by gangs and forced to walk the streets for a living, Mary Kelly and her small group of companions trudge through on this daily misery. Their only consolation being that they can't get that things can't get any worse. Yet things somehow do when their friend Anne is kidnapped and they are drawn into a conspiracy with links higher up than they could possibly imagine. The kidnapping is soon followed by the gruesome murder of another woman, Polly, and it becomes apparent that they are being hunted down one by one, sinister even by Whitechapel standards. The murder grabs the attention of Inspector Fred Aberlein, a brilliant yet troubled man whose police work is often aided by his psychic visions. Abilene becomes deeply involved with the case, which takes on personal meaning to him when he and Mary begin to fall in love. But as he gets closer to the truth, Whitechapel becomes more and more dangerous for Abilene, Mary, and the other girls. Whoever is responsible for the grisly acts is not going to give up his secret without a fight. Will they be able to survive the avenging force that has been sent after them from hell? (laughs) That was good. I was trying to add a little bit of the uh, suspense. Yeah, that was good. To that, you know what the my favorite thing about this movie is, nobody knows a hundred percent sure who Jack the Ripper is. Right, and this is actually just a speculate uh, a film based on one speculation, one possibility of who he is. This movie is great. Well, and I agree with that. One of the comments I had was, "Thank you for having an ending," because yeah. once you hear, "Oh, this is a story about Jack the Ripper," if you know anything about it, like you said, they they don't know. They never caught the right. Name. So, you know, I was happy that they did, because if they would have just left it, like, have you ever seen The Zodiac Killer? You ever seen that show? No. It's a newer show. Oh, yes, I did. With, I uh, hated that show. With uh, I Can't Quit You, uh, Brokeback Mountain. I, I wait, hated it. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't, didn't, uh, wasn't Two-Face in that? The Two-Face from Dark Knight? I, I think he was, but uh, Hall was in that, too. 
Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, Donnie was, Darko. Yeah, Donnie Darko. But he was in that too, and and I remember I was watching the show. I'm like, this is pretty good, and then all of a sudden it's like they didn't catch the guy. So and there was, was no ending, so it right. just didn't end. I'm like, what the what the hell? If you're gonna make a movie, end it. Well, I'll tell you what. I think one of the one of the best things that could have happened to this movie is be made after a tried and true, uh, what do you call them? Graphic novel. Mm. You know where all this story's already been laid out. Mm-hmm. You know, in graphic novels, I I don't know. Maybe I'm ignorant, and people tell me if I am. But I, whenever I, I've read a few, and they don't seem to quite go as in depth as you know, like a regular novel. Where in a regular novel, you'll the people or the authors will go on and on about about uh, characters' thoughts and characters, you know, whatever. But uh, the novel or the the graphic novel have has a, has another thing to add, which is the art, mm-hmm. which is probably some uh, a lot of. Uh, I wish I'm not into reading comic books, but there are a lot of comics that I would love to have on my wall just to look at, you know, art on my wall like that. Right. But, um, but I don't know. And it just seems to me like they don't get as deep into them. I'm going to get wasted. I think Metal Mikey, who's a huge comic book fan, or Sean at the Angry Gnome is going to send a kick to the balls. Listen, man, you can't know everything about everything. That's what I think that's, uh, you know, they can set us straight. But well, I ha- I, the one thing I don't know is comic books. Everything else I know everything about. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. No, no, that's good. <laughs> No, but this was another murder mystery conspiracy type thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I had seen this before. However, when I watched it last night, I don't. Maybe I was falling asleep the first time I watched it, but it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, of course, I mean, there's a lot of there was a lot of money thrown at it, so, and Johnny Depp uh, was great as well. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there weren't there, all the acting was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the they really represented what I would assume Whitechapel looked like. I don't know if it did or not, but they sure fooled me. Yeah. The one thing I noticed is that in both Sleepy Hollow and in From Hell, he did English a uh, British accents, mm-hmm. but they were different, different British accents. Yeah. I assume it's if someone were doing, uh, you know, uh, American accents, it'd be like the South, and then you yeah. know, just a different, just a. Well, don't they call the one that he did in uh, From Hell? Isn't that Cockney? <laughs> you wish it was <laughs> no, but I think I'm pretty sure that's why it's that it's that hard. Yeah, it seems a little it's bit that really hard. It was harder to listen to. Lots of slang type thing. Where I think that's what a Cockney accent is. Now I'm gonna get wasted on that too because I yeah. talking about shit. I just don't know. <laughs> well, at least you just admitted that you don't know much about yeah. it. But the thing is, is he did he did such a great job at these. There was not one moment in either of these movies where I thought, oh, phew, that didn't sound right. Yep. But Again, the murder mystery was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this uh, one of the one of the really very interesting themes of this was the opium that he always yeah. took in different forms. Yeah, um, like poison. There was a laudanum. Laudanum. He, took, he, he drank laudanum and absinthe. Yeah. In this, and that's when he would have his quote unquote psychic visions. He. Well, would I thought see we were going back on. to the psychomantium. I, I was pretty sure that's where we were going. When, yeah, that uh, was wild. You started having those visions and stuff like that. <laughs> there you, yeah, I don't know. It was very interesting to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, is, is it, as far as a historical perspective goes, uh, in England in, in that day and age, I don't know much about. Mm-hmm. On the actual history behind Jack the Ripper, I don't know much about it. But So, I mean, I, I can't really say much as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. But as far as what was presented in this movie, the atmosphere, the acting... The music, it was really good. Yeah, you know, everybody did a great job. Well, and I, I think that was good. I think the uh, 
the presentation of the gore was good. Yeah. Um, you know, people dying in spectacular, spectacular, violent ways, and they, they made sure to kind of paint the picture, too, and tell you how it was done. Although there was one part in there where I just was kind of like, listen, that's a little bit of overacting. There was, there was this part where this girl had been killed. And so they had her in the they had her in the little hospital area. Uh, the mor- uh, the morgue. Yeah, the morgue. Uh-huh. And so the medical examiner's in there, and he's looking out, and Johnny Depp's in there, and they have the other Robbie Coltrane, and Robbie Coltrane and uh, Johnny Depp are standing up by her head. Well, this medical examiner, who's around dead bodies all the time, right. throws back the sheet to show that uh, her genitalia had been cut out, uh-huh. and uh, he starts like throwing up and. Dry heaving in his medical, his assistant faints. I, I was sitting there thinking, why? What's what's the big deal? There was a hole there before, and now there's just a bigger one. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh! That's horrible. That, that is, is terrible. That, uh, that that thought flashed through my head. I, I I'm gonna admit it, but that's probably really bad. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's probably the sickest thing I've heard in a while. I I thank you for that. Thank you for making me a little bit. Wow. That's horrible. Um, <laughs> you but, know, I, uh, I have one thing to say about that morgue scene. In this morgue, you know, there there's another there's a guy. I, I don't remember his name, but the the main mortician is a big fat guy too. Yeah, yeah. I I thought we were in for a big fat guy fight, but we never got it. <laughs> but one thing about this movie, above all the rest of the movies with morgue scenes in them, it's the first morgue scene I've seen where the mortician wasn't eating a sandwich while he was doing his job. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, there you go. It sets nice. it apart from every other one. Nice. Anyways, you were, you were going on about something? Did I break No, that was it. I just, I'll tell uh, you what, you freaking broke my concentration. Sorry, with, sorry. Holy crap. I just, hey, this is all about honesty. Well, oh, God, this is Some people wake up with dry, dried ejaculate, and there's other thoughts that go through my head as I'm watching a movie, and I just throw it out there because maybe in all the listeners that we have, somebody else thought the you same know, thing. You know, I was sitting here. And I bet that somebody thought the same thing watching that movie. Wow, I shudder to think <laughs> that there's anyone out there as sick as you are. So this guy, so he's going around cutting out genitalia. Yeah, well. Female genitalia. And, uh, you know, that's one of the main, one of the, one of the main topics of the show where, uh, I just said show again. I know it's got that. You know, dang it. Anyway, uh, there, there are actually a lot of subplots going on. You know, not necessarily subplots. They all end up intertwining, but uh, there's a lot to this movie. One of the things is, is uh, uh, which blows everyone away in the, all the, you know, like the police and, and the other government officials or whoever, that someone in Whitechapel is killing these hookers, which they call unfortunates, but, but the way he's doing it, it seems like this person has medical training and is a surgeon, which just blows everybody away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Did you say they were called unfortunates? Is that right? Is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, because they were calling them bangtails the whole time. <laughs> they called them bangtails and pinch pricks. Yeah. And uh, one of them referred to her a vagina as her cunny. Wow. Yeah, I wrote well, that. Well, now let me go I've back. never heard that. I've never That's heard weird. that term, so. You know, I hope. I there's hope another our, term. I hope our add. British. You know how sometimes there are just some words that if you say here, you just go, blah. Yeah. You know, but in other places, it doesn't mean much. Like, right. I, I notice in a lot of British films, people call each other a. C-U-N-T? Yeah, that's well, a I bad. cannot say that. I hate that word. It's sick. I hate that but word. But I, I hope that wasn't one of those, so our British listeners aren't, right. aren't like, like, shuddering yeah, right now. Yeah. But I have to go back because where I said that I didn't uh, 
I didn't see what the big deal was during that morgue part. You're going to go back I, to No, this. but I was more concerned and disgusted to the uh-huh. point of almost throwing up when Johnny Depp started macking on Mary Kelly and making out with her. Uh-huh, yeah. So I'm like, do you realize that people in England don't brush their teeth and how many, <laughs> you know, how many packages she has had her lips on? Dude. You know, and that's one of the that's another thing that I had going through my mind too. Because uh, see, I told here you are these hookers that. that are just dirty and they never shower. They they can't afford it, you know? And they probably smell like shit. And it was I mean, the film did a great job of conveying the fact that this was a slum. This was a dirty, right. rotten, gross right. part of town and these people just I, I don't know if they couldn't afford to or if they couldn't. You know, these these people were trying to make money so they could eat. Anyway, so, yeah, but that was really gross. Um, anyhow, so, yeah, it was gritty. It was really gritty. And I thought the same thing. Yep. She was probably, uh, Heather Graham was the prettiest of the hookers by far, but still it kind of was a little bit gross. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of the kind of the – I don't know, topics or subplots. Not really subplots because it all ends up being one plot. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things going on. First of all, I don't know, <clears throat> excuse me, how, like, like I was saying before, how historically accurate this was. I assume that it just kind of set this story up and nothing of it's really true uh, except for the environment. Like it was this time, whatever. They talked about, uh, we talked about a conspiracy where a piece of Britain or a, a member of Britain royalty. Uh, had a baby with the a hooker, and uh, could have taken the you know the the what do you call that the monarchy the crown. Yeah, yeah, the, the, crown. the crown down. Uh, there was a lot of opium. They talked a lot about opium and drugs. I, you know, I don't know what it is. You know, you know what absinthe. You know, you know that's that drink mm-hmm. that supposedly makes you go wild mm-hmm. or something. But uh, I think that's like wood alcohol made out of some kind of a wood, and it's oh, uh, it's illegal really? here in the states as far as oh. I know. But uh, it's it was I don't know that uh, with the alcohol and the, you know it's just it was just a weird thing it would, you know that was just kind of one of the topics that wow you know this can give you psychic mm-hmm. visions I don't know and they were like in these opium dens mm-hmm. really interesting stuff um, a lot of you know the murdered hookers the gangs the, the the trash of the of the time and of that area and it also talked about or also kind of the topic was uh, the hubris of doctors meaning you know they all thought that they knew. What was going on? Anybody who they thought was crazy, and it's like they didn't need any proof or anything like yeah. that to think someone was crazy. They would just go and lobotomize them. Yeah, you know. And these guys thought that they were badass and just knew everything. And I don't know. And it's disturbing because that's I, you know, I generally think that's based on on reality of what that and, was. And that's back what I'm then. saying. And, that, and that's kind of what I think. I, I don't know about the historical Jack the Ripper, but the environment. I mean, that's something that could have been. You know, historically proven. I mean, I'm sure they have records of who got lobotomized when and blah, blah, right. blah. But I don't know. But that was really, really disturbing. Yeah. Anyway, one, the last big topic it had was about the Freemasons and how, you know, that secret society uh, was, a, was a big uh, club of ultra-rich, ultra-powerful men of the time who basically membership in meant that you had the power and they kind of steered everything the way they wanted to regardless of if it was right or wrong you know they felt like they've been given this uh what like this creed from god you know and that they're to you know they have this goal to uh they have this they've been charged to 
keep the brotherhood safe and or you know and their secrets safe and you know if they do this then they're gonna be it was wild i mean this movie had a lot of stuff going on yeah they did anyways what do you think what do you give it i, I give it a buy you do i give it a bone saw yeah i give this a buy i i like this movie the so. thing is is i liked it a lot more this time than i did the first mm-hmm. time I yep, I, I I thought it was good, but I, I give it a I give it a buy, and the only reason I do because you know what, if we were to watch this episode on any other day, mm-hmm. then I would probably get a bone saw. Why? Well, just because it's so freaking good. It was it was. But good. but in reference to the other two, it's kind of like well, there was a, if there was a weak one of the three, that would oh, be. It. Oh oh right yeah. So, but but remember, we're trying not we're trying to judge each film on its own. No. All right, I give it a bone and saw. Not, yeah, right, I give it a bone saw then, because yeah, you're right. If I take it all by itself, I would definitely I would give it a bone saw. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was a great flick. Yeah, the, I, it's it from was, top it to good. bottom. It had uh, lots of gore, lots of blood. I don't know. There wasn't a ton of gore, but there was a lot of blood. Yeah, there was uh, a mystery. There was when you say you know as far as gore goes. I mean, they showed them stabbing and well, the knife yeah, and yeah, the sounds they didn't and show stuff like guts. that. And stuff, not like nah, that. not too much. Not like coming out, not like a yeah, zombie eating yeah. guts. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, they like, for instance, uh, like a mortician or something was sent a half of a liver or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what mm-hmm. it was. Kidney, kidney. But uh, other, I mean, it was it was basically just a little bit of blood. And uh, I, I think if you're if you're looking for that type of deep, it wasn't. A, I mean, there was no. It was a dark movie. There was there was very little well, comedy. And there again, it's a mystery. Yeah, I mean, it's a mystery again, and great story. The nice thing is, like you said, they decided to take one of the theories, right. working theories, and, and work with it. But you don't know which one they're really going after. So right. that, I mean, I, I thought it was good. Good. So a couple things. Hey, by here. the way, yeah, did you omit the memory count from Sleepy Hollow because there was none? There was none. Yeah. Okay. Yep. On this one, there was five. Five really? Yep. Oh, Opium Den. Opium Den was a little bit, and then there's a scene where the uh, oh, you get to see a side nip. Yeah, I see, well, no, you get to see more than that because when the police come in, it actually shows oh. her on top of her husband. Oh, yeah, she wasn't that attractive. No, so, no, so it I was didn't. still some uh, nipple either. All right, cool. Um, so anyway, yeah, so five on that. So uh, Six Degrees, Heather Graham was in uh, Killing Me Softly with uh, Natasha McElhenney. I have no idea who that is. Who was in The Truman Show with Laura Linney. Okay. Who was in Congo with Bruce Campbell. Con- she, oh, cool. So, Congo. What did I learn? I learned that Johnny Depp loves 420. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Damn it. He's in there doing opium. <laughs> I don't care. 420 I, only I applies now, to listen, cannabis and cannabis. We don't know. And I'm telling you he loves You it. don't know. Oh, uh, 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 we don't know what he We it. don't know what he's smoking all well, the time. Well, you didn't learn that. I did learn it. You, well, you learned that he may be okay. it. I learned that Johnny Depp may love 420. <laughs> and then uh, I also learned that uh, the story of Pretty Woman happened in old London. So that was nice. Really gross. Was, in a really extra gross way because no, well, they were all dirty. Well, yeah, but she ended up making it. But then they took her uh, husband away. So What? Spoiler? What? 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 I don't remember what you're talking about. Spo- Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then uh, I've always wondered how they make beaver skin coats. So that was nice to know that uh, how they harvest those. Holy shit. Shit. You know, and, you, uh, couldn't, you couldn't just stop with the whole insensitive. I kept waiting for him to go to his trophy case. Oh Didn't see that anyway. Gosh. <laughs> and the other thing I learned was that uh, syphilis could be interesting. Why? Because it just sounded interesting. Why? I don't know. They just go into exactly. They, they, they go into all this stuff that happens when you have syphilis, right. and like it's this horrible thing. I'm like, man, I've never seen it. That sounds 
Interesting. You know what? I know somewhere where you could go get it right now. Really? No. <laughs> no. I thought you were going to give me an invitation to your lap. That was- <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, the funny thing is, is uh, I would typically cut out shit like that. But, uh, you know, because it said, oh, I don't know where you can get syphilis. That's a stupid-ass joke. You know, I, t- I would typically just cut that out. I'm not really that big of a dumbass. But then Sam follows it up with that. I've got to leave it in. It just makes the whole thing funny. <laughs> At least to me. If they, you know what? I bet that we could put out a an unedited, because we say a lot of shit that gets cut. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Yeah. And, and we probably shouldn't tell people that because they're like, leave it in. Well, we want to hear it. Well, and it's not only the stupid, it's not only the really bad stuff. It's it's like my wife coming in to offer us cookies or yeah. or uh, or just stupid ass jokes that weren't funny. Well, there's that. And then uh, on a typical day, since we're having a goal not to take stuff out, we would have taken out my medical examiner comment, but that's probably going to stay in there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, we'll see. All right. All right. The last flick. And you know what? I'm having a problem with this one. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. The Ninth Gate, 1999. The Ninth Gate is a kingdom of shadows. You're familiar with it. Yes. Venice, 1666. The author and printer Aristide Torquay was burned by the Holy Inquisition, together with all his works. Only three copies survived. One. Catalog lists three copies surviving in private ownership. Fargus, the Kessler, and the Delphur. It's true. You know your business, but you're mistaken nonetheless. According to my own research, only one is authentic. Well, three are known. That's the trouble. Look around you, all of you. What do you see? A bunch of buffoons in fancy dress. You think the Prince of Darkness would actually deign to manifest himself before the likes of you? He never has and he never will. Never. You read from his book but you have no conception of its true power. I alone have grasped its secret. I alone have fathomed the master's grand design. I alone am worthy to enjoy the fruits of that discovery. Absolute power to determine my own destiny. You're insane, Boris. Give it back to me! You, Liana de Saint-Martin, you're even guiltier than the rest of this pathetic rabble. You have at least some idea of what this book can do in the right hands. Yet you lend yourself to these farcical proceedings, these orgies of aging flesh conducted in the master's name. You're a charlatan. And uh, I don't, is that ninety nine? Yeah, he he put out both of or both uh, Sleepy Hollow and this were released in ninety nine. Wow, I thought this one was newer than that. But for reasons I don't want to really go into, it was directed by Roman Polanski, and I and I have a hard time supporting Roman Polanski. I won't talk about it, but I. I when we did Jeepers Creepers a long time ago, I got a lot of emails like that. Uh, I did not know about, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. The guy who uh, directed Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. Anyways, I didn't know about his past. I do know about um, Roman Polanski and his, and his uh, past and, and whatever. And we didn't go into it then, but let me just make a comment on that. Okay. To maybe help you feel better about it, because this is how I feel better about it. The difference that I see between the two directors... Mm-hmm is that in Jeepers Creepers, there were overt, weird little things that you could construe as yeah. getting his little jollies off of what his fetish was. Now, Roman right. Polanski had an incident, but I don't see any of that. In no. the movies that I've watched of his, no. I don't see a hint. And the thing is, is Jeepers Creepers is one that I could just say, oh, I'm going to cut it off. I'm never going to watch it again because the director... God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. That's good, I guess. But uh, 
Uh, I can't believe that he did this. I'm never going to watch it. But the thing is, is now when I watch it, I see that's right. a little bit more into it, and I don't want to watch it. That's that's and that's my point yeah. with that is. I don't see. I don't even think about that with Roman Polanski. His movies, are, well, at least they're good. I've never seen one where I thought that. That's right. And I've seen. I haven't seen. I mean, I've only seen probably five or six Polanski films. What he's done, uh, The Ninth Gate. I've seen The Fearless Vampire Hunters. I've seen uh, Rosemary's, Rosemary's Baby. Baby. I've seen. Uh, oh, what's that black and white one? I've seen The Tenant, and I've seen. Uh, there's a black and white one that I can't remember. It's called like. I don't remember, but anyway, and I don't see any of that anywhere. Yeah, there's no themes of that. There's no, no there's no hints of hey, I'm going to be cutesy and put something in there that right. that people that that have stuff like that. You know, it just, I, and that's why I don't really have a problem with Roman okay. Polanski. Yeah, I, just, I don't want to say I don't have a problem with him, but his movies. I that's with, what I with meant. his movies. Okay, I, that's what I meant. Okay, uh, the Ninth Gate uh, was written by. Uh, it was actually. Based on a book cl- called El Club Dumas, which I bought because I love this movie so much and I actually want to read it, uh, which is written by Arturo Perez Reverti. Mm-hmm. I probably just butchered the shit out of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But uh, the screenplay was done by John Brown John. <laughs> what the? I wonder is if that that's a, I wonder if that's a, an error. I looked it up. I even checked it, and it says Brown John on... Uh, on uh, IMDb. Because I could think of some things that that means, which are just gross. <laughs> well, if it was a Brown John son, that's a different oh, thing. man. Holy shit, Sam. Did I say that? I blame you. You said that out loud. The IMDb gave it a 6.5. You know what's ironic is, is, well, I guess it's not ironic, but the first Sleepy Hollow got, what, a 7.8. From Hell got a 6.8. And this one got a 6.5. Mm-hmm. My favorites go opposite. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, uh, the cast. Oh, let's see. The budget was $38 million, so another big budget flick, you know, compared to some of the ones that we've been talking about. Nowhere near $80 million that uh, Sleepy Hollow cost. Uh, the gro- it grossed $58 million, so that's a cool $20 million that it made. Uh, Johnny Depp played Dean Corso. Frank Langella played Boris Balkan. Lena Olin played Liana Telfer. Emmanuel Singer, S-E-I-G-N-E-R, played the girl, Barbara Jefford played the Baroness Kessler, and Jack Taylor played Victor Fargus. Who played the Baroness's uh, lesbian helper? I don't know. Oh. And who, I don't know if she was a lesbian or, a, or a man. This, I'm pretty sure that was the same lady that was in uh, the, the Three Witches trilogy. The Three Mothers, sorry. Oh. Don't you remember in the... Oh, the oh, it's uh, in Suspiria. Yes, yeah, Suspiria. Yes, uh-huh. I think that's the same one. It could be. It could be. Yep. She was a German... Mean-ass bitch. Yep. Based on the book, The Club Dumas, written by Arturo Perez Reverte, Dean Corso, a somewhat sleazy rare book dealer, is hired by a mysterious patron who has come into possession of one of the only three copies of the Nine Gates of the Kingdom of Shadows, a 17th century occult text said to give its owner unimaginable power. The man hires Corso to track down the other two copies and compare them to his. But complications, both natural and supernatural, arise at every turn. Everyone knows that I love this freaking movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to... I gave it a bone saw right now. I know we usually save that for after, but I want to I everybody quit holding their breath. I mean, <laughs> I'm just teasing. But uh, this is probably, in my opinion, the movie that has one of the best atmospheres and 
moods throughout the whole thing. And pace. And pace. And pace. That that is one thing that I thought was done masterfully. It's a long movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, but speaking for myself, I never get bored. I n- there's not a dull moment. It's all it's it's full of interesting facts of chase scenes, uh you know, of all sorts of stuff like that. And it's all a little bit off. Like there's like like a thing here and there that will just be weird. But, you know, you'll just kind of notice it in the back of your mind, but that just all adds to its mystery, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things I love about this movie is the soundtrack. It's got kind of a, a soundtrack that's almost ironic because it's kind of, it's, I don't know, it kind of seems like if it were alone, it'd be kind of a, have you ever seen the Ghostbusters? And you know, like funny parts in the Ghostbusters? Oh, yeah, you have that written? It's like, dun 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 You know? But here, but here they have this music on during a part where it's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, but it, it still works. And why it does, I don't know. Well, and it's, it's because it's good matching there. I mean, it's kind of a, it's got kind of a classical feel, like a symphony type. Yeah. It's not cheap music at uh-huh. all. Um, but I wrote that in that same thing. The music sounds like Ghostbusters. It yeah. just kind of goes along. It's like a little march type thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it just it, it fit very well with what was going on. One of the things, too, I liked about this film is it when the first scene, the first scene, actually the first scene is where we, we see a man hang himself to commit suicide. It's called The Kickin' Chicken. Did you know that? No, I did not call that. I had a guy, just real quick, I had a guy that I used to work with. He was my manager. He was in black ops in the military. Uh-huh. Like stuff that he couldn't, he could never talk about. You know this guy? Yeah, he was, he was a manager that I used to have. Oh, really? So he was black ops guy, military dude. And uh, he, he told me, he's like, yeah, it was, it was, I was working with him when uh, they hung Saddam Hussein. And I oh, told yeah? him, I'm like, hey, yeah, they had a video of this. He goes, it showed him doing the kicking chicken. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what the hell? Wow. So obviously he had seen that. I don't know oh. when they do that, but he had we- seen, you know, he was, he's like, yeah, the kicking chicken, you know. I don't know how they usually show it in movies, but when somebody goes through that, they uh, shake really bad. Really? Yeah, and uh, you know because all the nerves in there. I'm not going to go into details, but I, when I saw that, I'm like, holy shit! It's, it's a kicking kick and chicken. chicken. This movie started with the kicking chicken. That's kind of how I feel about KFC. Ooh. Yeah, baby, let's go get some kicking chicken. Oh, sick not ball. really. No. I just, uh, but uh, okay. But that's the first scene. Then it goes into the to the intro. The first scene with Dean Corso, who is uh, the character played by Johnny Depp, it gives a perfect example of the type of guy he is. He walks in. There's this family, you know, a couple in their probably 50s whose father has had a stroke or something. He's there. He's in a wheelchair. He can't speak. He can't move. He's just looking out the window. Well, he goes in there because he is uh, kind of a, a he's an expert on old rare books. He's an expert on, you know, where they came from, how much they're worth, blah, blah, blah. They bring him in because they, they want to sell this old guy's uh, book collection. He, so Johnny Depp goes in there, talks to him a lot, tells him, wow, these are great. You know, there's a lot of great books here. You know, yep, you probably have X amount of money here. You know, you sell this, this is how much money. And, you know, of course, the couple gets all excited. And then, uh, you know, he says, oh, incidentally, uh, there is this, you, you have this four volume of Don Quixote that is really quite nice, but not particularly valuable. I think that's exactly what he said. I've seen this movie 500 times. Before. Yeah. But uh, he says, you know what? I'll take it off your hands for four grand or, or something like that right now. <clears throat> so the couple look at each other suspiciously and end up, yeah, okay, we'll do it. You know, so he gets these four books for four grand. 
And uh, he takes him back. You know, he leaves the apartment, takes him back. He says to the before he leaves, he says, "You know what? I know you're going to want to talk to some other, you know, estimates. Get, get some other estimates on how much this collection is worth." And uh, but so he he heads out, and as he's walking out. Uh, he meets this other guy that has one of the greatest lines of, uh, of the movie. Apparently, uh, Mr. Corso's his, uh, reputation precedes him because uh, he basically tells this other guy, hey, listen, I got these uh, Don Quixote set for really cheap. Dude looks at him, points at him. You're unscrupulous, thoroughly unscrupulous. <laughs> Gets back, turns out that uh, Dean Corso told these people he way overestimated it to get them all excited, and he basically stole those books from them. Yeah. You know, and that was it. And that is who this guy is. He's out right. there to make money. He's ruthless. I think uh, sleazy's over sleaze. the top. It's, ah. I, I think that's over the top. Well, when I think sleazy, I think like uh, the chicks who used to date the dudes in Motley Crue in the eighties. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this, he's not sleazy. He's slick. He's just a. He's just a. He doesn't have. Integrity. He doesn't really have. He's out for himself. He's out for himself. For sure. That's it. That's it's out it. For sure. And he doesn't. He, I, kind of a, a. It seems like he doesn't have a conscience. You know, like a psychopath. Except mm. for he's not one that's going to go out and kill people. He's going to be one that's going to take advantage of everybody at every turn. Well, and that's and that, and you can tell that because people around him are dying. Yeah. At different stages of the movie, and he's not worried about calling the cops. He's worried that he's going to get killed or he's going to get caught uh-huh. in the middle of it. That's it. Yeah. Well, the story goes on. He runs into Frank Langella, who is uh, whose character is named Boris Balkin. Guy is a very, very wealthy guy. Has this awesome collection of old books. He gets one copy of the the Nine Gates. Basically, he he wants to verify the authenticity of his book. And Dean Corso goes up there and says, "This looks good enough to me." You know, he looks through it. It all checks out in his eyes. But he. Uh, Balkan wants him to go out, wants him to check all these books, you know, to to uh, compare them to the other two existing copies. Eventually, Corso finds out that if you do certain rites, certain satanic rites, quote unquote, that uh, you're supposed to bring uh, the devil. You're supposed to summon the devil, and uh, he finds out that eventually the the reason Balkan wants to verify the authenticity of his book because he has tried Balkan has tried to do that and failed. Right, but anyway, so and that's kind of where the story goes. Yeah, and it's a, it's another mystery. Well, I've got a spoiler. Okay, spoiler alert: the code to get into Balkan's uh, case is six six six. It's also the code to uh, to use the elevator. Yeah, so. that's not much of a spoiler. I, I don't know, think anybody's going to break in. <laughs> oh my gosh! I know where Balkan is. Dang go. it! Oh, I ruined the freaking movie. But uh, so I've been talking for a long time, so why don't you take over? Well, I thought the flow was really good. When I talked about the pace of the movie, you mm-hmm. talked about not getting bored. I liked that they did not reveal too much at a time. Right. It kept me interested. The other thing about revealing too much is at the end of this movie, not every single I – didn't, I didn't have answers to every single question that was brought up. No. But it, may, it, may, it made me think, gosh, dang it, I wish there was, I could go research some more about what was going on with this. Exactly. But it didn't leave me thinking, shit, that was so fake because they left this part out. That's not – it wasn't – it was more of the, the mythology behind what the book was. That I'm exactly. Like, I want a little more about – you know, just because you have this book and that means the devil appears. Yeah. What is this book? There's, there's all these words along with these pictures. That's actually why I bought 
El Club Dumas. Really? Because I wanted to read it and I wanted to get more yeah. in depth with it, hoping that that. I would... may have to borrow that from you because okay. that that really got me interested in what was going on. And I, you know, honestly, I went and saw this with you in the theater when this came out. Uh-huh. Not it, it didn't strike me as a, as a great movie. That was Ten years ago. Yeah, I know. That's why when you Holy said 1999, shit. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It, but it didn't strike me as a movie that was like, oh, this is awesome. But now I've watched this. I watched this on a trip a few weeks ago, and then I just watched it again to get ready for the uh-huh. podcast. And this is a great show. This is, this is so good. Is the first? I'm with you. I did not like this movie the first time I watched mm-hmm. it. I don't know what was going on because it, I've, I decided apparently I, to watch it again. Maybe maybe someone else wanted to, but then I got into it, and the more I watch, I, I swear I don't think I've seen a movie more times than I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And I. Every time I'm not gonna say every time I watch it I like it more, but I will say that throughout the years I, I've gained a greater appreciation for it just because of all the little nuances mm-hmm. and all the things. And like you were saying, as far as it doesn't define, doesn't give you a, a, a great answer for every question that's mm-hmm. out there. But what it does is it it piques your interest, mm-hmm. and you know it gives you enough so that you formulate your own theories. Yes, but it doesn't just say boom, this is what it is. That's you know, exactly quit, stop stop thinking about it. That's it ex- that's exactly why I think this movie is one that you can watch over and well, over. And, again. and it, that's I think that's why I have watched it over and well, over. Well, and if you think about other movies that you really really like, it's mm-hmm. sophisticated enough. That you do think about it yeah. when everything's just spelled out, kind of like the cheap thrill uh-huh. movies that we see today. When it's spelled out, there's no mystery again. Once you watch it, it's like, well, there's, and and it's going, it's going down this one path, and I know where it's going. The thing is, is there's nothing against those movies because they, a lot of those go out there, and that's what they intend to do. Right. They want to say, listen, we are going to entertain you for an hour and a half to two hours, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully you'll buy it on, you know, hopefully we'll have them buy it on DVD because it's such a fun blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. This one is like, okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna kind of tease you a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know because I mean, this is a spoiler. I'm serious this time. Don't if you don't want to know how it ends, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm not gonna tell you how it ends. But I'm going to say kind of how it is. The ending isn't spelled out for you. Basically, Corso goes on this quest to figure out what's going on, not only with the books, but what's going on with the secret of the Ninth Gate, of yeah. the Kingdom of Shadows. That's what it was. Oh, okay. the, the end part isn't so spelled out for you. It doesn't have everything there for you, but it really gets you thinking. And I think, right. that, I think that's... You know, that's why I didn't like it in the beginning, but I think that's why I like it so much now. No, and I agree. And that's, you know, the, the way that it ends, too. I mean, it, it I don't know. The, the payoff is good enough, but it's not. Yeah. It, it doesn't give you everything. And, then, you know, without giving away what it is, it's that's as far as I think we should go on, on what yeah. it is. But the journey to get there, I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's a really well thought out story. That, that really started getting me thinking. It's like, there, there's got to be more to this. There, yeah. This has got to be based on... S- someone did not just come up with this idea. Well, it was so in-depth. Yeah, it, it, it had to be. Somebody put a lot of thought into it, and maybe there's some truth to, to some little bits here and there. But mm-hmm. you know, And again, Johnny Depp is a character there. It's completely different from the other two mm-hmm. characters that we've talked about that he played, but did it so very well. Now, now one thing that kind of bothered me throughout the show, throughout the movie, I almost said show, mm-hmm. <laughs> was that the people are smoking and drinking around these books that are worth thousands and, and thousands of dollars. You know, I've dollars. had the same thought. And in fact, and there's, there's one wh- scene oh, where yeah. he drops a cigarette, like cigarette ash on yeah. it, and he, he scrapes it off and just made me cringe. Yeah. So uh, it's, you know, that, that was one thing. I'm like, holy crap. But, yeah, a lot of smoking in this movie. Yep, yep. <laughs> Not that that's overly offensive. No, but, but just it's, just, it's It just kind of makes you cringe a little bit because it's, it's around these old books. And you're like, how could you do that? Let's see. What else is going on here? 
Uh, Peter Pan, the Peter Pan flight down the stairs during the fight was a little weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was one part. I'm like, what? And that's that was another by thing. the girl. I, I still, even right now, don't know who that girl was. The thing is, is uh, let's explain for those who haven't heard and are back from the spoiler alert. Uh, it seems like, seemingly, Dean Corso gets a quote-unquote protector throughout the show that he assumes is sent by Balkan. Uh, we find out that uh, maybe she's not sent by Balkan, but we never know exactly who she is or what or what she is. You go to the IMDb boards, and they sit there and talk about that. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah. so there is no definitive. But, but don't do it. Don't don't go there and don't read those. Those people have their heads up their ass. Okay. Because some people are like, I know for sure that it's this, and like, nah, well, don't go there. All right. Make your own theories okay. because that's that's how it is. I mean, that, so there's not something that people miss. It's it really is. You just kind of have to you thinking yes. about it and you decide. Well, and there is somewhat of a telling part in uh, as to her origins in one of the what do they call them the the pictures one of the uh, I can't remember what, uh, inscriptions. I can't remember what they call like mm-hmm. the, the the pictures in the, in the books, mm-hmm. but uh, she actually shows up in one of those maybe right. But we still don't know what she is right. or exactly who she was sent by or what her purpose is. But uh, was it just me or did you notice that she had the biggest eyebrows of any woman? I wrote that down there. That was a little distracting. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, a little distracting. Yeah. Got to take duct tape to those probably. I think, I, you know, I think she was a pretty lady just with huge eyebrows. Uh, she was all right, but she looked like a dude a little bit every once Because with while. eyebrows. Those yeah, eyebrows do not of, help. Yeah, that, that was just a little strange. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did absolutely notice that. So let's talk about the Baroness for a minute. Baroness Kessler with the the one armed lady. Yeah, that yeah that was a little strange. She was definitely uh, an interesting character. Yes, very straightforward. If she could have if she could have done the devil, she would have done it right there. Oh yeah, with everybody. But yeah, and uh, you know, so so Johnny Depp goes and uh, and he meets with her, and and there was a part where I, I, this movie just really brought me in. Yeah. And so there's a part where she talks about that her orgy days are over, and I was I wanted to just scream at the TV, but they're not. You're so hot. They're not over. I <laughs> She's promise. Like this 80 year old yeah. lady with half an arm on one side. Well, but then um, there, there's a part where she ends up getting killed. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Johnny Depp wakes up and he, he he goes over and her wheelchair's banging into the wall, uh-huh. and he flips her around and her tongue's sticking out. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's that's why her assistant has stuck around for so long. Oh my hell. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You did all that to you set me up. You set me up, to, sucker. I had to because I, I, again, there's that thought that goes through my head when the tongue's sticking out and she's got a lesbian, uh, lesbian helper. I'm like, that's why she sticks around, man. That's, oh my gosh! That's what's going on there? You bastard! <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's alright. So, anyways, that's. Uh, I'm trying to think. Was there anything else that I saw? The the. Uh, the black guy was not an albino, although Corso referred to him as such. Oh, he, yeah, weird. He's he like, just had platinum blonde hair. Something about an albino. Dude talked. He had a black mustache, yeah. which I freaking hate. And then he just had blonde hair. You hate black mustaches on, on albinos? Or you no, just hate I just mustaches? hate mustaches. We'll just oh, go yeah. back to that again. Oh, yeah. But he was one of the worst actors ever. I thought he was a mute for a while. Like, he was supposed to play a mute. Yeah. Because he didn't say anything. He just made facial expressions like... He would stick his hand out, and that means give me the gun. But then uh-huh. he's like, get over there. Right. Oh, well, the dude talks. You weird. Know, you know we're we're kind of going along, but but we're already we're we're at an hour and a half. We haven't even put in any of the other stuff yet. 
Every character in this was interesting. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Leanna Telfer? Yeah. We we haven't even touched on a little subplot with her. How you know we talked about these satanic rituals and these orgies. Well, she hosts one in uh, I can't remember. I think it was Spain. I, I don't remember. She's. I mean, these people are very rich, old money. These these their homes are are uh, hundreds of years old. They're gorgeous. They're, these great uh, you know plots of land with these ultimately skill. You know, I don't know. It's great. Did you kind of think she was hot? She was actually, yeah. yeah she she Especially was Especially for kind of an older lady. She got a ball grab in too. She did get a ball which grab. Was, which was impressive. I'm just wondering because, you know. No, she was, she, was, she was hot. But other, other than that, I, that's all I wanted to say. She was hot. I don't know if that was really her when they showed her naked from behind. I don't know if that really was know. her, but she was hot. Did you notice how I, I started talking about it, pretending that I gave a shit about the old architecture? Even yeah. though it was beautiful. You when, set me up, you bastard. No, when all you're I, just trying to get to the, the when, naked When all I stuff. wanted to say was... She's kind of hot. Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, no. That, but we can't. We don't have time to go into it. But no. yeah, there's a whole. There's a whole other subplot that goes goes into. It. If you have not seen the Ninth Gate, definitely the biggest bone saw of the night for me. Yeah, of, me too. of the of the episode goes to the Ninth Gate. Probably, you know, I'd, I'd be interested to hear what people think about it because because a lot of people hate this movie. Yeah, and I didn't like it. I didn't. Necess- yeah. It didn't strike me the first time I saw it, but now that I watched it a, f- a few times, excellent movie. It feels good to to gush over three movies. Yeah, you know, that we wa- we watched all three. I didn't like get annoyed. Yep. you know at any of them because typically yep. if I, w- I w- I'll watch all three right in a row and I'll just be like, holy shit! I know, me me too. But so no, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking for we have another episode upcoming in a few weeks, a uh, uh, science fiction episode. I'm looking yeah. forward to that already, just because it's it'll be the same type of thing. Anything else you want to add before I run into my little things Do here? Do it. All right, so Six Degrees, Johnny Depp. It's the only movie I use Johnny Depp for. Okay. He was in Ed Wood with Bill Murray, who was in Ghostbusters with Ernie Hudson, who wait, was wait, wait. in... Bill Murray was in... Ed Wood. Ed Wood? Yeah. I don't remember him, but I love that He's show. In... Yeah, and then uh, he was in uh, Ghostbusters with Ernie Hudson, mm-hmm. who, by the way, shares a birthday with me. Awesome. I, yeah, which is great. Uh, and he was in Tornado... Which was a TV movie with Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. All TV movies. Yep. Do you know who shares a birthday with me to the day? Who? Mila Jovovich. Really? To the like day. To, born on the same day? 1975 to the day. Wow. Yep. It's amazing that Freaking uh, awesome. the two humans born on the same day could be so different. What are you talking about, dude? Me and her, we're like the same thing. Uh, I was just Haven't th- you seen me kick ass in <laughs> Raccoon City before? I kick <laughs> ass at that. Uh, and I look really hot with, yeah. like, white tape across my breasts. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> like on the fifth element. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's see him. Prove it. Damn it. No, I'm just using But, uh, okay, so. All right, so anyway, this is that. Okay, so what did I learn? Snakes on asses mean something. Yes, they're part of that satanic yep, cult. Yep, they mean something there. And if pictures and books can come true, I really should have kept all the porn from my high school days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that would be it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, this this uh, was a fun episode to do. Yep, I liked it. Uh, I loved all the movies. It was it seemed a little easier to talk about movies that I freaking love. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have to fight hard to find stuff that we liked. No. So and I, you know what the thing is, I haven't even seen the Ninth Gate for probably uh, two or three months. I didn't even bother watching because I've seen yep. uh, for the show because I've seen it so many times. Yep. But. No, great. So uh, let's go ahead and put in a death scene. Thanks, Florida Possum.
Mr. Vaughn. Nothing can. As usual, put your guess as to what that is up on the forums, which uh, you can find if you go to cadaverlab.com and click the forums link. Also, uh, check out cadaverlab.com to see all the reviews that we've got up there. Uh, we appreciate listeners for sending those in. I think right now our front page is full of uh, listener-only reviews. I haven't, I haven't really put one in in a while. Uh, and also, we love the feedback. Email us at feedback at cadaverlab.com or Mike at cadaverlab.com or Sam at cadaverlab.com. Uh, send us in voicemails, 206-339-2730. That is 206-339-2730. And I also just want to say again, thanks to Chris for the awesome donation. Yes, thank you. Other than that, I guess uh, we will see you later. <laughs>